listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Betting Headlines for Monday. All right, the Tampa Bay Bucks won the game. They did not cover the spread, but they're now the lone favorite to win the Super Bowl. Tampa Bay Bucks, the favorite to win the Super Bowl. Arizona, the only undefeated team in the NFC, pummels the Rams. Now, Kyler Murray is the favorite to win the MVP. Tonight, it's the Raiders, undefeated, Going into Los Angeles to play the Chargers. Chargers favored by a field goal. Here comes a four-hour of the Vegas truth covering all that and more. You heard it. I'm RJ live on a big Aftermath Monday. Live from Las Vegas. Live on 225 FSR stations across this great, great nation. It's a big Monday. Why? Because we have all the NFL almost to recap and then we've got one big game to preview and that's the Raiders here in town the game is in Los Angeles sports bettors listen for the money sports fans to know more than their buddies I'm the pro he's a, a pro in college for sure this guy the fan who beats the man AJ Hoffman Thanks, RJ. Great to be here. And on a day where Tom Brady had a successful return to Foxborough, Cardinals made their claim as best team in the league, and the Raiders take on the Chargers tonight. What is the Vegas lead? Let's go with the biggest game of the season, Tampa Bay's win. Yeah, rookie Mac Jones and Bill Belichick gave Tom Brady and the, the defending champs all they could handle. But the Bucks hang on for a 1917 victory. The the Pats cover the Bucks win. What's your takeaway from this one, RJ? Well, let me ask you, where was your head at on kicking the field goal when they did? Uh, I didn't think that was the best decision, but I also am not you've taught me I'm not in the business of questioning Bill Belichick's decisions. Yeah, so in the in the <laughs> post-game press conference, he said they didn't really even consider going for it see the, that that's okay. surprising to me because it felt like maybe the, the the momentum of the game was taking them that way and i think if they get that first if they get the first down there i i mean i, I don't know what the the odds change is but it seems like it's pretty significant if they if they're able to pick up those yards but that again that's a you're, you're second guessing the master at that point yeah so mckenzie uh what was the consensus in the analytics community Different models had different answers. They were all pretty much that they should have gone for it on fourth down. Some said it was a 3% gap. Some said it was a 10% gap in win expectation. But almost all analytics that I saw were that they should have gone for it. Here's why I tend to agree with that. From a, But again, understanding Belichick, though he makes mistakes like any human, he has insight into his team that we could never dream of having. So, And, and that's the part especially a guy that's so aware of the analytics like Belichick, you got to figure if he's making a call, there's a reason for it. He may be wrong, but I'm going to bet on him before anyone else. Uh, the reason I didn't like it was you make that kick, and the difference between like a 51-yarder and a 56 is gigantic. Uh, it's funny, between like 35 or let's say 40 and 51, there's not much difference. And then at a certain point, and you can see if this would have been a 53-yarder, he makes it probably, right? Because it probably doesn't move to the left. Probably so. Yeah, so uh, it's there would have been too much time for Brady. Like, to me, you get the first down, at minimum, you can run that clock all the way. Brady's not getting the ball back. So even if you've got to, let's say, take a uh, – let's say you get a first – 
so it's a 54-yarder, and you don't get any more yards. I'd much rather be kicking a 54-yarder with uh, Brady having no chance to get the ball back than a situation like this. That what? What would you say Brady's chance of going? You no, know, they would have been a field goal only needed for Tampa. What do you think Brady is in that spot with a minute left? I, I don't know that he's a favorite, but I mean, there's there's certainly a chance that it could have happened. I I think the, well, well, the well, Patriots well, well, did a good. Well, 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 we don't do that. There's a chance that he could have came back with a minute. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, I, I think I think that there's a good chance. I think there's probably a thirty thirty percent if they, if that's a fair number. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. But it feels it feels like the Patriots did a really good job defensively against him, and maybe they felt like even if they did give it back, that they could you know they'd be able to hold him. But it strikes me that you're in a way you're trading the risk of going for it and not making it for the risk of Brady uh, coming back and it feels like that you add those two things up and you know not to mention obviously the shorter field goal potentially I, I don't know it's interesting but again it's not the key point to the game we are straight out of Vegas how Brady did not play up to his typical self, a lot of balls were sailing high. Um, do you think it was the weather? Do you think it was the pressure? Do you agree with me that Brady, though he won, did not play a, a great game? No, absolutely agree with that. And he came out the, on the first drive. He, he missed a, a target by about three feet over his head. I said, whoa. And I, I'm with you. I think there could have been some pressure. I think as the game went on, weather became a factor. But I, I think a lot of it was, man, this was it, it, for a regular season game that really had no playoff implications. This had to have been one of the biggest games of his life. Yeah, and it seems like Belichick, you know, going from what, what the announcers were saying, uh, was changing defensive scheme. It was like he had like five game plans and kept rotating through. So he obviously has been – I mean, this isn't the team that got beat by the Saints handily who, oh, by the way, uh, get beat by the Giants. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it, uh, it, under that theory, you know, the old transitive property – um, it feels like what we saw from both these teams is they were looking ahead last week. It, 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 that has to be the case. I mean, I think that it's it was almost impossible for the the Patriots not to because the Patriots this this is a huge game to them. I felt like last week maybe the Bucks could avoid that because it was just one player. And they had a game with the Rams, which, you know, that was a, a bigger game for playoff seeding and things like that. So, I, I, but I, apparently I was, uh, I was wrong. I think they both had look ahead. And I, I think that uh, that, that's, that's playing a factor for, I think it played a factor for the Rams this week. So it, it's really a, a league where you've got to be focused at all times. And I think you're right that both these teams were, were paying attention to next week, a week ago. That's AJ Hoffman. We are straight out of Vegas. Yeah, to me, it's not like they're not thinking about the game. It's the difference between, you know, putting in the extra hour at 11 o'clock on a Tuesday kind of thing. And there's just something about the beauty of the NFL's parody driven model where they try to have all the teams have, you know, generally a chance to win. And every year, pretty much, we have a first place team that was last the prior year. And you just don't see that in most sports. And yeah, go ahead. That was Tom Brady's lowest uh, completion percentage in 25 games. He was at 51% last night. And then that's a good segue to Mac Jones. 19 straight completions, running the hurry up. Seems like he was getting better as the game went on. 
You know, move he really yeah, he really impressed me last night. And and thirty one of forty, he finishes two hundred and seventy five yards. He did have the pick, but he had a couple touchdowns. I think that you talked about Belichick maybe unleashing him, and he, it's not like he was you know rocketing it down the field. But I think that tempo was something that they were kind of holding back and something they used very effectively this week. And it felt like that with the weather. I mean, really, if you're in a cold weather city, you want a strong arm quarterback. Right, Josh Allen fits Buffalo, and oh, by the way, what a what a disaster from Houston! <laughs> Jeez, that was you know I got to take some heat. And in a weird way, a loss like that doesn't feel as bad. Like you know, it was so wrong. Uh, you know, I did like the dog there. We're straight out of Vegas, three and one in the Super Contest, and we got uh, tonight a pick. We'll give it to you about six forty-five. All right, so. Mac Jones, it felt like with the weather that there were a few of those outer hash throws were wobbling. And and maybe that, you know, maybe he's a, a dome quarterback. You know, I think in a dome, his arm's probably fine. You know, but remember, Brady's arm got better. Uh, I mean, between year, the first Super Bowl and with Randy Moss, his arm strength was a whole different thing. So, in theory, if Mac Jones works hard, you know, he could strengthen that thing a little bit. It feels like right now it's a little limiting. What do you think? Yeah, I, I do think that there's some physical limitations that he had. But people said the same thing about Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick found a way to best utilize him. I, and I don't know, I don't know that we've seen you know Mac Jones's arm fully unleashed. I think that a lot of it is game plan. I don't think he's going to get a stronger arm between now and you know the end of his career. But I do well, think. Well, that hold on a second. Brady certainly did. Okay, yeah, that's true. I, I, I mean, guess it is possible. It, it just seems like, usually I feel like arm strength, arm talent is kind of what you. It is what it is usually. Yeah, I, I think within a range, but I think he's so close to it not being an issue. I mean, how did his eye test? How was Mac Jones's arm strength versus let's say Drew Brees? Uh, like his arm strength this let's season during, or in college yeah, or let's say Drew Brees uh, in his prime Super Bowl year. I, I think they're probably they're probably close. Well, Brady just passed Brees, so I think we're feeling pretty good then. I, I think you're probably all right. <laughs> he, he did play in a dome. That's true. Yeah. So good. No, I, I think that it was a, a promising performance for Mac Jones. For a guy that last week there was some questions like, oh, maybe we were a little early to say this guy looks good and he looked bad last week. This was a good showing against what we consider to be a good defense. Even money bet, do the Patriots make the playoffs? No. Where do you have them as an average team, an above average team? I, I think they're right about average. I, I think they are. And, and honestly, I think if anything, last night sort of soured me on the Bucks a little bit, uh, more than impressed me with the Patriots. I, I, I just feel like the entire league is, is there's so much parody right now. It feels like there's no one who's willing to run away and hide this year, which I think is interesting. It makes, it makes the, the whole league more interesting if you're not a fan of just one team. Well, right now, though, you're soured, but the betting market's not. Tampa Bay Bucks, the favorite, at plus 600, that's 6-1 to to win the Super Bowl. So you don't like the Bucks at 6-1? to No, I don't like the Bucks at 6-1. to What do you like? I, I, Anything I, that, I, Mac Jones, except he's got a weak arm. Brady, <laughs> except he's old. Too many commercials. Like who's your? Who are you the biggest fan of unequivocally with no hedging that was involved in Sunday Night Football? Al oh, Michaels in, in Sunday Night Football. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, Bill Belichick. That's the way to go. Really? Yeah. I mean, I it, always thought you were skeptical about. You don't like no. anyone that gets too much acclaim. No, I, I mean, I think he's he's unquestionably great. I just and I think the Bucks are still very good. I, I think we kind of swept the Dallas thing under the rug and we're like, ah, no big deal. And then we saw the Rams put up a bunch of points on. I was like, oh, maybe their defense just isn't as great as I thought. And then last night, the fact that they let this Patriots team that that you know I kind of thought wouldn't be able to keep up with them, they let them hang around and really lose by a, a field goal. The, the Bucks could be zero and four theoretically. Yeah, but here's the thing: there's certain if you really think about it, and this is a very powerful point, is if you think about it, you got a ball that's not round that bounces funny. Turnovers have a huge effect on games. Okay, we know that. Number two, third down conversions in the red zone have such a big effect on games. I mean, imagine two more touchdowns from Tampa instead of field goals. You know, this isn't a game. And that could eat. I mean, the league average would have been that, right? What was it four scores they had with um, three field goals? Or was it four field goals? I think out of five. I, I think it Take a look at that, was... McKenzie. But either way, it was, and we'll get that in a second, but it was the least. Uh, almost the least amount they could have scored, and they missed a field goal. Yep. So uh, you yep, got four for five on field goals, and they had the one touchdown. Say it again. Four for five on field goals with one touchdown. So five scores, six scoring chances, one touchdown. Yeah. So couple, you know, so right there, red zone scoring can throw a whole game, and it. It's impossible, and this is the powerful point, it's impossible to know how good any of these teams are. I mean, you have an idea that the Jets, you know, they won, but you have an idea that the Jets are bad relatively and that Kansas City's good, no doubt. But the range of outcomes of a Kansas City, let's say, uh, 17 games, they could have won 15-2 and two this year. They still could, I guess. And they could go 10 and 7. Yeah. You know, there's a five game range. 10 and 7 sneaks in the playoffs, probably. Other one is just a Super Bowl favorite, 15 and 2, 17 game season. So it's like there's turnovers, there's red zone, there's missed field goals. I mean, think how many games were decided by one field goal. This game, the entire conversation is different if it's a foot to, or two foot to the right. Oh, certainly. So it's the biggest biggest win in Mac Jones' career. Suddenly, he's the future, and you know everybody's going. Patriots oh, favored to make the playoffs. Maybe so. Yeah. So, in general, that's why betting dogs is the right thing. Now, sometimes you get a game like Minnesota, and it feels like, hey, this team's almost equally as good. I don't know, but and you're gonna feel foolish sometimes, like if you bet Houston. <clears throat> <laughs> I, I, you know, but you got to be willing to be foolish. All right, let's take our first break. And when we come back, we'll wrap up anything that's left on New England. I'm, I'm especially interested in this meeting Brady and Belichick supposedly have. We'll talk a little bit about that. Then that one team in the NFC, it's undefeated, and the quarterback is five foot eight. All that and more coming up next, but first, Straight Out of Vegas is brought to you by AutoZone. If you're dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. So next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. 
Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, this is Jason McIntyre. Join me every weekday morning on my podcast, Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. This isn't your typical sports pod pushing the same tired narratives down your throat every day. Straight Fire gives you honest opinions on all the biggest sports headlines, accurate stats to help you win big at the sports book, and all the best guests. Do yourself a favor and listen to Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. In just a minute, we're going to get into the huge win for the Arizona Cardinals over the L.A. Rams, now the lone unbeaten team in the NFC. So did you hear, A.J., any of the uh, stuff about Brady and Belichick after? I heard that they had a meeting in the locker room that lasted some, you know, like an hour or something like that. I don't know. And I, I'm honestly, I'm less interested in that than I thought I would be. I, I just assumed that a hug, like a quick hug at the middle of the field would be about what you'd get out of them. And if Belichick was, the, if he'd lost, the, the hug was going to be short. And if Brady lost, he'd want the hug to be short. It was about what I expected. So anything beyond that is, you know, kind of a surprise to me. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's why it's interesting is uh, because this is an example where it's not like, with uh, Mangini, let's say, where it was like, okay, they're rivals and in the same division, and there was some sense that one of them wronged the other. Uh, in his case, you know, Mangini wronged Belichick or whatever. At least that's what Belichick thinks. Here, it's like they were together for 19 years. They won six Super Bowls. It feels like, yeah, they should be competitive if they play a game, but otherwise supporting each other, except – by all accounts, this bothers Belichick. I mean, he he acted more uh, stubborn in the postgame press conference than I think I've ever heard him. Um, well, I think this is certainly one of the more painful losses he's had to deal with. I think he wanted this one bad. Yeah, I know, but it's like he's been. I mean, think about it. At what point would you say that that he that the Belichick's been fairly? complimentary to Brady, meaning it, whatever, let's say the truth is, and I think most people agree, the greatest quarterback of all time, has he ever like he talks about Lawrence Taylor to this day, they say, every book you, that you read about Belichick, he is always talking about LT was a different breed and was just so much better. It's like he played or he coached for 19 years the best quarterback in the history of the game. When does he ever talk like that? I heard last week someone had asked him about, you know, because he had once said there was no quarterback he'd rather have than Tom Brady. And he said, that's still the case. And then they got into why Brady left. But I mean, that's about as complimentary as he's going to get is that, you know, there's nobody I'd rather have. He's a guy I'd I'd want if I had my druthers, but that's not the way it worked out. It's the most complimentary he's can get or seems to be able to get with Brady, but with Lawrence Taylor, he's relatively more complimentary. Or, you know, when uh, the fullback retired last year, the the statement from Belichick seemed like it could have been for Brady, how this man represented the Patriot, you know. Uh, so it's like, it seems like there's something about Brady. 
I don't know if it's the good looks, the supermodel wife, but that, that just rubs Belichick the wrong way. Or who knows what, right? We're just speculating. I but mean, my guess is that anytime someone talks about Bill Belichick being the greatest, they, they say, yeah, but... He had Tom Brady, uh, and I'm sure that's probably it. Probably sticks him in a way. So you're saying that by him diminishing Brady, and that's all you can call it. I think that that it relatively makes him more important. I think that's the way he sees it. Oh man, I just think his from everything I know about Belichick, his character is such that he that that if anything, if he did anything that was less true out of ego, I I think it would drive him so nuts it wouldn't be worth it. But it could be happening at a subconscious level. Yeah. But, but boy, or maybe Brady's just not that good. I Belichick, don't think that's the case. And Brady check understand. Now, listen, there is a di- – I mean, here's the thing. Let's agree with the following. Uh, the, the day Peyton Manning retired, how would you characterize Peyton Manning versus Brady? Uh, Peyton Manning was a a all time great that was just a step or two behind Tom Brady. Well, that was not the common consensus feeling at the time. I mean, I think at the time of Peyton Manning's retirement, with him getting that next Super Bowl, there he was clearly multiple levels above Brady in the regular season. And then, the, oh, I, I, okay, as a regular season no, no, quarterback, no, 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 I, I think no, what I'm saying, I'm answering the question. And then in the postseason, Brady had more Super Bowls, but the question is, how important was he to some of the at the time? Now, remember, because they they didn't have their final. They only, had, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. They had three at that point, right? Yeah, they had, and, they had no, four. they had four. They had four. Okay, so they had four because there was a ten year drought, right? Ten years they didn't have any, right? So you're saying, all right, so let's say four. So if one guy's got four, another guy's got two, and you could really make the case Brady wasn't important in, you know, certainly the first one, though. I mean, listen, the quarterback's important, but he wasn't the key to the team. So you could say, okay, that one doesn't count as much, but how do you – but let's say we don't even do that. How do you weigh two extra Super Bowls to, like, pure dominance in regular seasons? I think in in the NFL, that's I mean, it's really kind of the the overriding factor is you, if you win, if you're a champion, that outweighs a lot of stuff. And so Brad, I, I think Bradshaw better than Peyton Manning. No, I don't think I, I don't think I think I shouldn't say it. it outweighs a lot of stuff if all other things are relatively close. But I don't think it was with Peyton Manning and Brady in the regular season. And the point I'm making is that ultimately this is a longevity conversation. That the only thing that made at no point was Brady even I th- I think you could make the case that a majority of Brady's career he wasn't the best quarterback in the league. Like any given year. Yes. I think that's fair. So how can you be clearly the greatest of all time when you weren't even the greatest of your era? But he was the greatest if you it, aggregate all those years. Yeah, and and if you and if you count in postseason success, but, but even without the postseason success, or even with the postseason success, if there was a if you were coming out with your quarterback rankings in in two thousand five six, now let's accept the Moss year, it would you know the undefeated year of the regular season that it Brady would have been on top, but if you just look at you know who was considered, I don't know, I guess they have All Pro right, so there's Pro Bowl and All Pro. All pro is like the uh, Pro Bowl is it, it, people yeah, fall I, out, drop off. All pro is like the real deal. Yeah, and there's first team All Pro. So I think there's one. Mackenzie, just looking, let's just say randomly 2010. Who was the All Pro 
quarter was there is a one first teamer and jump in when you got that we are straight out of Vegas. all right it's an interesting conversation it's almost like uh let's think of someone super longevity in the nba um brady huh. did win the mvp and was the all pro in 2010 okay yeah but i'm saying so there was one all pro who yes. was the, who was the other all pro i mean who was second team or do they have that I'm not even seeing a second team listed on the uh, on All Pro at quarterback. Okay. So what we'll do is during the last break, which is you know ways off here, rest assured, rest easy, is <laughs> we'll actually add it up during his career and say how many. In theory, the greatest of all time should have been All Pro at least half of his years, right? You would think, yeah. But but I also think, man, when you start to add up, like Peyton Manning, if you if you gave Peyton Manning all of Joe Montana's Super Bowl rings, he'd still have less than Brady. Well, like I, I think that really does factor in because it's just such well, a huge. First multiple. of all, it not only doesn't it factor or does it factor in, it's the deciding element. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, isn't that the rings culture that a lot of people were? Listen, here's why I think Brady is the best. The same thing that it takes to have this longevity is what it took his precision, his dedication to be as good as he was. But when you say greatest of all, you look at Jordan, almost every time he was on the floor until, you know, with the Bulls, he was the best player in the world for pretty much the run of his career. And, you know, John Stockton, I mean, how, I mean, Brady's like Stockton, but, he won a few or he won some championships which is a big difference but isn't that does that feel right or even you could say a Carl Malone like I guess they're they're one you know they're hand in hand but it was like a lot of years a lot of longevity just not any titles uh McKenzie's done the research for us Brady three-time first team all pro two-time second team all pro Manning seven-time first team three-time second team all right Say that one more time. Just first team I want to hear. Three seven? times for Brady, seven yeah. for Manning. So if you add up Manning Super Bowls, he's got nine, seven plus two. <laughs> and Brady has seven plus three? Yep, he beats him by one. Longevity, there you that, go. That longevity be, paid but, off. But let me ask you a question. Shouldn't being the best quarterback in the entire league for the whole season be at least equal to winning a Super Bowl when it comes to how good the quarterback is? Well, it's funny because, you know, when you think about and this is, you know, a ways back. But when you think about Dan Marino and Joe Montana, if you take away Joe Montana's Super Bowl rings, most people would have said Dan Marino was a better oh, quarterback. He right? was the better quarterback. <laughs> right. I mean, but here's the question. Do you think there was something about Marino that kept him from winning? Was there something about Brady that or um, check that <laughs> Peyton Manning that kept him from winning? That's the question. And was there something about Eli Manning? That allowed him to win. Well, one of the things that I can tell you kept Peyton from winning a lot is he played Tom Brady in the playoffs a lot, and that didn't go well. Yeah, but how much of that was Brady outplaying him? I mean, I bet if you look at the stats of their matchups, you know, again, Manning had some times where he was having trouble in the weather, you know, and Dungy wasn't Belichick. No. But it, I guess the point I'm saying is that by it, if we're a rinks culture – then that's very simplistic, meaning if the only thing, the only argument is count the rings, that's very simplistic. 
I think the distance between Manning and Brady in the regular season really is fairly represented by seven uh, all pros for Manning and three for Brady. I mean, I think it was over doubly, you know, uh, at the highest elite level, meaning obviously Manning wasn't double as good as Brady. But if you say where are, let's say where the top three quarterbacks are, okay, what's that rating? The distance that Brady's going to be ahead of, let's say, the number three or four quarterback is probably double that distance is what Manning's ahead of Brady in the regular season. Like, it wasn't real close, though Brady was amongst the top four or five almost every year, right? So Or every year. And But again, I would make the case that if it was not for Super Bowls and not for longevity, if, if Brady would have just stopped at 41, right, like when Breeze did, that Brady would be like the seventh or eighth best quarterback. And, I think that's probably fair. And I know you can't dismiss it, but what other what other top guy in the whole sport that if you took away if you took away Michael's titles, he probably wouldn't be considered the best, but a lot of people would think he should be. If he had no titles. Because they thought he was the best before they beat the Lakers for that first title. That was the sense in the league. Yeah. So it's like interesting to think if you took titles away from, uh, you know, I, I guess baseball. Well, if you, if, you, if you took titles away from Kobe Bryant, he's a, a one-time MVP. Yeah, you know? but st- well, I think the Kobe thing because of his death is is screwy. But if you take the titles from Tim Duncan, oh, then he yeah. would be Carl Malone. Yeah, or if you take the titles from Derek Jeter. Yeah, yeah. But I, don't think, I, I, I think. Well, no, because now we're back to longevity, right? I mean, he's got. Yeah, because he listen, got to three thousand. How many people have three thousand hits? How many are going to have three thousand hits? Yeah. He might be one of the last five to ever do it, at least in in this era. All right, we. <laughs> hey, it was a big game, and I think it's an interesting conversation. And I think a lot of you probably thought, you know, that sounds crazy. And then you thought about, it and but l- let me be clear: you can't not give Brady credit for the Super Bowls. You can't not give him credit for the longevity. But it's different, and it's back to the question: is Gale Sayers or um, oh, I'm having a mental block? The the Denver Bronco that hurt his knee after like four or five years. Trell Davis. Yeah, Davis. I mean, Davis was his, you know a top five running back if you just take his like three best years probably. But he's not, you know. He's not on any list with Walter Payton. So longevity has to matter. But Gail Sayers, he actually is put right up there at the top. At least he was in the 80s when I was a kid. And he didn't play that, you know, what was it, guys, like four full seasons or something when we looked it up a while back? Yeah, yeah, right around there, four or five right, well, seasons. Let's, let's do this. We'll get that yeah, exact stat. Uh, say it again. Five seasons with more than nine games played. Okay, so uh, that is an interesting question. What's your thoughts on the um, Harbaugh? Again, we know that they smell, or at least that's the rumor. But (laughs) what do you think of this? I'll say this. I I think it was kind of lame that Harbaugh tried to get those yards, but I also— he got those yards. Yeah, but I also say if you're still throwing for for a a touchdown when the game's out of reach, you're doing the same thing. And Harbaugh was right. Yeah, but I think it's just— See, I think it's a clever point, but isn't isn't it fair to say that it's expected? I mean, if a team started kneeling down at the that last drive of Denver, everyone would have been very upset about that. 
you're supposed to fight and fight and fight. Even when you don't have a chance, you keep fighting. That's just the American way, right? Or, you know, dumb or not, you know, and I think there's some parts of it. You could say it's futile. What's the difference? Well, you saw Saving Private Ryan, right? Yes. Remember what Tom Hanks did at the end? He had his little pistol and was shooting at the tank. <laughs> uh-huh. That's why we won that war, put Hitler down. That's right. <laughs> but I'm telling you right now is we're supposed to fight, but you're not supposed to do something for a record like that. But remember, LeBron, this was, to me, the most underreported story of the NBA season. LeBron hurts his ankle so bad that they know it's a high ankle sprain. He had seven points. And he had some crazy streak of double-digit games. He went and played one more possession on a that really hurt leg and shot a three and made it to keep his streak going. Now think about that. You're hurt. That that play had the best chance of him getting really hurt of any play of his career all for that record. That seems atrocious to me. This Baltimore one, I kind of come down on the side. It's the first time they said that a team has had a lead, that big of a lead, or like a double-digit lead, or more than one score lead, with less than, I think they said, 10 seconds left, that a team didn't kneel. That first time since like 92. I will say it's a little off-putting for a team that's dealing with so many injuries this year that you'd take any kind of a risk with Lamar Jackson. And took a crazy risk in the preseason that caused, or maybe didn't cause, but uh, they went for a a crazy record there, and it it maybe hurt them. Yeah, so that, that, that's the biggest issue I've got with it. I don't feel bad for Vic Fangio, mostly because I had the Ravens. <laughs> All right, last break. When we come back, a full preview of Monday Night Football, Vegas style. That's coming up next. He's R.J. Bell. I'm A.J. Hoffman. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. I'm RJ Bell. We are straight out of Vegas. All right. So we got the Monday night football. And right now the line in the game is Chargers at home favored by three over the Raiders. And this was a three and a half early in the week. And we, in the contest... So this is the Super Contest Gold, and you can always get those picks every Sunday morning uh, on my Twitter feed, at RJ in Vegas. we got a 3-1 going this week, and uh, we've got, at plus 3.5, the Raiders tonight. I like the Raiders a good bit tonight. AJ, how you feeling about it? I like the Raiders at 3.5, and, and I would lean the Chargers at 3. Oh, my gosh. Now, let's think about this a second. So... That's going to sound crazy to people, and I think it's probably crazy. So, <laughs> so you really don't like the Raiders at three and a half. I don't love the Raiders at three and no, a half. You don't no. like it at three and a half. No, I, I don't like it at three and a half. All right, so make your case. Uh, I think that the like this this line saying that the Chargers are like a point point and a half better. I I, I well, think that it's second. greater hold, hold than that. Hold on a second. I don't. You, I th- the key numbers in the NFL are vital. Right, so you can go from seven and a half to nine and a half. It doesn't mean very much, but if you go from two and a half to three, it means a lot. So yeah, you could say. I mean, the home field advantage right now is for for the Chargers is probably like a might be zero in this game because don't forget uh, Raiders fans in Los Angeles. Yeah, and I've heard estimates of like seventy 
90% Raiders fans, if not 80%. What would you expect crowd noise fan, you know, support tonight? Uh, I expect it to be very pro Raider. No, obviously. But, I mean, like, is it going to be, like, almost all Raiders? You think I don't think it'll be all, but I, th- I think there's gonna, it'll be a majority Raiders, and, which is weird for a, a, a Chargers home game, but I, I do think it will be. I think it'll, it may be similar to what it was for the Dallas game. Yeah, see, but I, I know Dallas travels better, but think about this. you got a ton of Raiders fans that, 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 or some that might go into L.A. for it from Vegas. you got if you're an, let's say you're an Oakland fan and for some reason you don't want to go to Vegas because, hey, they took your team, well, this would be the trip. Not to mention the, the many, many years the Raiders were in L.A. and you, there's still that, you know, I would make the case. I mean, we're going to see, right? The Raiders are more popular in L.A. than the Chargers. Yes. So I think it's a perfect storm. I, I can't think of another scenario where the road team should have more. I mean, Dallas just being a popular team doesn't cut the mustard there. I mean, like, I know Dallas in Arizona used to be a big deal because Dallas ha- had a huge fan base in Arizona before Arizona had a team. So when Dallas would go to the Cardinals games, there would be more Dallas fans than Cardinal fans. I don't know if that's the case anymore, but I know it was at one point. And plus, you got I mean, Dallas is again such a popular team, and so a lot of people retire in Arizona. Arizona. So, you know, I mean, you could make the case most Florida teams don't have a ton. I mean, if you think about it, let's think about it. The Dolphins, well, there's more Yankee fans than Tampa Bay Rays fans at their games. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think one thing you got to do is, is at most you can give the Chargers a point or so for home field advantage. And I think that's probably too much. So now we're saying the difference between three and a half and let, let's say two and a half points at and going through three, not only from two and a half to three, but the three and a half. So it's saying that, I mean, it's saying the Chargers are, are significantly better. And I just don't see it. I think they have the potential to be better. And I think in the years to come, they're going to be better. But Herbert's fine. But, I mean, he's not all world at this point. And that O-line still hasn't really congealed. I mean, they got beat at home against by the Cowboys, who look pretty good. But... Yeah. I mean, remember now, that Washington win uh, from uh, the Chargers. Week one, yeah, not not aging well. I mean, it's still good they won, but, boy, that's not super impressive at this point. Agreed. Right. So, so and even what, even the Chiefs win isn't like oh they beat the Chiefs. I mean the, the Chiefs. Let's face it, the Chiefs look like they're a beatable team. It's not like it's crazy that anybody's going to beat the Chiefs. So uh, take thirty seconds and try to make the case where you think the Chargers are the side here. I just I'm not as impressed with the Raiders as everyone, which is funny because at the beginning of the season you and Fez and I would talk about it, and I was higher on the Raiders than you guys were, and now as the season's gone on, I think is maybe because the the three and O and everyone's really excited about them. Th- but wins against, you know, the win against the Ravens was great, but then the Steelers win, the Dolphins win. So you talk about wins that aren't aging well. I'm just not sure if the Raiders are as good as everyone seems to think they are sitting at All right, we're down to the final seconds. We are going to have a recap, a full recap tomorrow on the show. Yep, dealing with a dead battery, head to AutoZone, America's number one battery destination. They offer free battery services like free battery testing and free battery charging. Next time you're having battery trouble, head to AutoZone, your battery solution, and America's number one battery destination. We are straight out of Vegas, back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 o'clock Vegas time, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. 
And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.